0: Hey guys, this is Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor doing a Friday lunchtime cast and doing as little as I possibly can until the weekend. And that's the truth. Uh, Today I was going to do a few uh, uh, voicemails because I got got some interesting ones and I kind of wanted to share them with you because I think uh, a few people touched on some interesting points. And uh, uh, Chase Up first. And he brings up something which I'm—I'm I'm gonna let him bring it up. So here's Jay.
1: Hey Tim, this is Che Webster. Um, just been listening to your kind of uh, broadcast on creativity, and man, it uh, just kind of resonates so much with me. I am like that guy who um, starts, gets excited, really gets going, and then like I next come back to the project, you know, that whole thing of what was I doing? I um, was just cool. I relate to that dude. So thank you for calling that out. But also it's stupidly simple. Um, you said you have a work in progress file. And know so what? Well, I think I just need to create one of those. And I also think that I just need to shut up about the things I'm excited about until they're done. Because the biggest problem I have is that I get excited about things and I start talking about them. And I think I just need to shut up, put it in work in progress until it's done. Cheers, dude. Thanks for that. Great thoughts.
0: Yeah, the work-in-progress file is something that I've had for a long time, and it serves a few purposes. One, it basically stores all my partial ideas or my partially written adventures or whatever I'm working on at the time. But it can be used not only, like, if you're... Struggling with getting going, you can grab something out of there. Maybe see if you you can, you know, maybe get some hooks into it and start uh, writing again. But the other thing that it's really good about is you can part it out. You may have some, like two thirds of it might be crap, but that one third's actually pretty good. And you may be writing another adventure and you kind of like, you know what, that piece would fit really good into this new adventure. It's almost like parting out cars. And you got a car that won't run, but you can use it for pieces and parts. And that's kind of way if this adventure won't run, then you can sometimes piece or part them out for other adventures. And, and probably lastly and final, you know, the most important, I guess, is we're horrible judges of our own work. We're often, especially in my part, I shouldn't say we, but on my part, I tend to be a lot more critical of my work than maybe some others would be. And to me, I think that's kind of standard, because I don't know how many guys I've discussed and they were pretty critical of their work and I thought it was great. So it happens. But... When we tend to get, especially when we get in a foul mood or pissy mood, it's very easy to throw things away. And I would suggest people not to, not to do that. Put it in your work in progress file. Make sure you label it well though. I mean, just make sure you get, you know, so that way if you're looking through all your files, they're well labeled, but put a label on it so you can identify it, throw it in your, your whip file and forget about it. Don't think about it. Let it sit there and ferment for a while. Maybe, maybe it will become useful. Maybe a month down the line, you'll read it and you're like, "Oh, well, you know what? This isn't too bad." Get that uh, distance from it to get some perspective. Uh, I know I do that with like fiction as you know a technique I used when I was writing my fiction. I had to do that a lot because there was parts where I always thought that was horrible, but then I would go back and read them. I'm like, "Well, you know what? That's not too bad. Yeah, it needs some work, but this is salvageable." and it, you know, might be actually good when I get done with it. And that's the way adventures are, too. Um, so yeah, it, it's the work in progress file is also give your chance, give yourself a chance file. Give it, you know, don't throw it in there, forget it for a little bit, work on something else. And then also, Che brought up the, this really important thing about talking about talking about what you're excited about while you're creating it. I cannot tell you how many times this has happened to me and other folks. It's it's a bad habit to do. It really is. Jay you gotta shut up when you're creating. You do. You have to shut up. I don't know what it is. I have no explanation for it, but when you're creating and then you start talking about it, you give away that energy. I can't explain it. I don't know how any other way to put it. It's like, man, this adventure is really good. This is fantastic. And then you start telling your buddy, yeah, this is going to happen. I got these traps, and then they're kind of interlaced with this and that, and this is going on. And then you go to write it, and it's like, what happened to all that, you know, that that energy just is depleted now because you you put it out in the universe and it ate it. It does that. I, I can't explain it. Uh So when you are creating something and you're excited about it, yeah, keep your lips zipped and, and you know, put it in the top secret file and don't let don't say anything until you've got like a first draft done or maybe even into the second draft. Um, I'm not a, I, I used to read a lot of like writing books, writing I used to read a lot of read of meta books writing about writing stuff. But still one of my favorite ones is a Stephen King one on writing. And I'm not like one of those, you know weird science, you know, Stephen King fans and stuff, but he does, when he's good, he's really good. And, and in this case, it's probably one of the best books on writing there is out there. But he, the way he talks about it, he goes, the first draft is for you. It's it, it's a closed door draft, you do not share that. And then you go through it again, and that is the draft that you share with, I can't remember what he called them, like trusted readers or, or you know, a selection of readers. Because you don't want to get frustrated by input that will bog down your creativity until you have it to a point where criticisms can be implemented or ignored, depending on their validity. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a tough thing to do, especially when you're excited. Some because you, because you want to talk about it. Because you're like, man, this is so cool. You know, I came up with this cool thing. But, yeah, try to resist that urge because it it's tough. It's tough. But, Che, thank you for calling in. It was a great call in. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's funny how it's a shared experience. It's a shared problem by all of us, I think, or at least most of us. So, all right, let's see who's next on call. I think it's Matt. I think I think Jackson did a Jackson or something like that. I don't know. Let me see.
2: Hey, Tim, it's Matt. Yeah, it's pretty cold here. It sounded like the wind was howling in the background. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, Just a couple thoughts. A good episode on uh, Resurrection. And my two cents I kind of agree with Ray that if you are going to do it, there should be a cost. And I'm not talking gold pieces. I like the idea that, you know, maybe they lose uh, one point of constitution or d6 hit points permanently or something like that but as a whole I have never encouraged nor really encountered resurrection in my games um I've I can't honestly I think I've resurrected one character and it was very expensive and they were very high level but other than that it's never really come up in my games so I I nah I don't think I would ever oh shit it's me again. <laughs> Two, um, Yeah, I've never had it come up in my games, really, except for the one time that I remember. And then, it's, like I was saying, it was very expensive, and he was very high level. So there was a lot of character background and history. He was important to the plot and in a big, long, a year-long campaign. So I kind of understood that. But on, on, on the whole, I would say I just don't really do it. I agree with you. Doing it kind of feels like it cheapens the drama and severity of the game, and I really hate video games, and I think part of that is the reason, you know, you get like six lives, put another quarter in, and you get another three lives, you know, I hated that, and I think that the uh, inclusion of that sort of resurrection in a game or respawning is way too video game for me. Alright dude, later. So that
0: was Matt Jackson doing a Jackson multiple call ins. Yeah, he's still got to do his own podcast. He thinks he doesn't have anything to say, which I think's hilarious because once you get rolling, man, the boy doesn't shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, yeah, there's I think we kind of covered ground on this. Yeah, the the resurrection thing, while it doesn't come up a lot in my campaign, uh, I, I, I don't take it out, but it's a rarity. And I think the last I, I actually did one. I guess I didn't mention this is I did have one that where a character was in the jaw, basically in the the jaws of death, but he hadn't hadn't been cleaned quite yet. It was Rob's character, and they were cleansing the temple. And basically, the god needs this temple cleaned for various reasons. The players are still like in the beginning of you know beginning of discovering what this is all about. And basically, the God, un, I don't know what you want to say, very crudely and very roughly resurrected him. Basically, he jacked his own priest up, jammed his head underneath the water, held it there till he couldn't breathe anymore and threw him up and basically just told told him he needed to finish what he started. Because he needed that temple established. He needed his temple established now. So that was, I think, the only time I've had a resurrection. And I wouldn't even, I guess I would, because the clear probably would have died otherwise, I think. So I think that's the, the closest one that they have. And there's still a bit of a cost to be paid. They don't know it yet, what it will exactly be. I kind of have an idea. I'm kind of letting it. server so out there. But we haven't been able to play for the last three weeks. So it's kind of been, I told them I'm going to forget their names haven't played in so damn long, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's not something that comes up a lot, but it's definitely something I won't take off the table and definitely, you know, the toll must be paid. So, all right, next one. I think Frank's next. Mr. Frank Turfler.
1: Hey, Tim. Yeah. On the subject of focusing on creat creativity, Uh, Focus is the key word there, which I, until recently, have had none of. Seems I have been ADHD all my life and never diagnosed. So we'll see if perhaps medication helps that. I would love to have a slush pile, much like your work in progress folder. We'll see, because normally my creativity happens on my commute. And it is lost by the time I get to where I am going. So I have to come up with a system for capturing that creativity. Also, on the topic of writing for multiple systems, uh, I'd love to have that discussion to talk about the differences in writing for Swords and Wizardry Light and BXE.
0: Frank, thanks for calling in. And dude, yes. You must figure out a damn system to capture that stuff. You've got a phone. Our phones do everything these days. My God, they, I mean, I'm doing podcasts on them. I can look up weather in China with it. I can, yeah. So get your ideas on there. Maybe you just have one of those weird flip tops, which I had until recently. Now I'm a smartphone person. And uh, now I now I would never go back. But, yeah, do something. Get Get that creativity going because... I, I, do that cause I'm a late night creative, creative person. I wish I wasn't, but unfortunately, <coughs> excuse me guys. Um, I get, you know, I, I get, uh, going during the daytime and my head's kind of in a different space. I come home, I kind of veg out for a while, get some, something to eat. I, uh, and then sometimes, you know, I have game night or I have date night with the wife or something like that. And then around 11 o'clock, then I start wanting to work. And then if I start doing that, I'm not going to go to bed. You know, usually I don't go to bed till late anyways, but I'll go to bed a lot later than I should. And then the next day I feel like shit. But that's if if that's when I start kicking into my creativity, starts kicking into gears like 11 o'clock. Because I think by then I've kind of processed all the bullshit from the day and uh everything I needed to do during the day is done and so my mind now is like whoo okay well why don't we do something fun now I I don't know know. but I've always done that even when I didn't have stressful jobs when I had fun jobs I I guess I was still still a night creator and you know stayed up all night writing and doing things um and yeah, Frank. Yeah, anytime you want to have that conversation, I'd love to do that. I don't know how. <laughs> you know, I hear all these. You know, I really like the uh, what do you call them? The not co-anchors when they kind of share. Like you know, Colin and Colin and Frank are great listening to. And then uh, I know uh, um, what's um, Ray did a few with uh, them also. And I mean, some of the stuff they talk about, is really good. I mean, it's, it's, it brings the podcast to a, you know, kind of a different level when you have a back and forth with another person. Uh, Matt and I, Matt Jackson and I were talking about that the other day about having that other person that kind of just you have your Ed McMahon, people who are old know what I'm talking about. Um, and just having, uh, you kind of just bounce those ideas off of one another. You feed off of each other's energy, which is good. Problem with me though is I never schedule with anybody, and then trying to find time. And it's not like I'm super busy. It's I like I don't want to act like I have absolutely no time to do anything because I do. I mean, I work a lot, and then I you know I try to game like three times a week and try not to to. Uh... And then I you know do my writing. And while I don't have kids or anything, I still have a pretty full day by the time I'm done with it. Trying to squeeze in a couple hours sometimes is difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, if sometime you want to have that conversation, I, yeah, that would be that'd be fine by me. Um, uh, well, I'll just have to, because I know you're out west, there, Frank. So we could maybe figure something out sometime. So thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. And then I think I have uh, one from uh, Mr. Shane Ward. Let me go check. I'm not sure if that's an old one or a new one. Oh Nope, that looks like an old message that I already played. Uh, So that's all for the the recent call-ins. I don't really have a topic today so much. Uh, Like last night we were playing late, and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what I mentioned with with Matt where we were talking about the having a second person to talk to, you know, that person to bounce ideas off of and while you're talking and just sharing the energy and having the back and forth, which is pretty good. I've listened to past uh, podcasts, and one of the things that I don't like is when there's like, if there's four people, I can't listen to it. There's just too much noise. People talk over each other so much. I mean, it's hard enough when you just have two of you and you're talking on the Internet, you know, over the Internet. It's easy enough to to do that. But when you've got four people or... And, and some of this stuff, it just seems like they're they're sitting at their dinner table and... And you know you're just having a conversation like you would over I mean, like if you were gaming, but it doesn't make for a good podcasts for me. But I, you know, Matt was talking about doing some sort of I forgot what he had. He had a cool little logo for it, and trying to get more of a collaboration going with somebody or something and everything. And I, and I, and I, I have that in my to do list, so I may reach out. I, no, I'm not gonna say man I'm gonna reach out I'm gonna reach out and uh, try, try to contact some people see what see maybe pick something up and do do that because I know I enjoyed all the other podcasts who do that and maybe get into that kind of thing I don't know I don't know. just uh, just something to expand. I'm always looking to try new things and do you know expand my creativity create creative activities and seeing what else I can get in trouble with. But, all right, guys, I think that's it. I didn't, didn't want to get into too much of this stuff today because it's Friday, guys, and I really just want to go home. <laughs> I can't. It's been a hell of a week. Um, I did, oh, I guess I should mention, last night I was able to to release my NPC card of Timotook. Uh, elven guy, NPC card. And it turned out pretty good. It's, like I said in the previous podcast, it was one of those ones where it took time, though, to, even though there's not a lot to it, it doesn't look like much. But I'll tell you what, sometimes just getting out those small bits like that takes a while. Uh, because I just I, I try to make it as best as I can. And sometimes I can whip them out and. Relatively no time, and and like that one, it took me almost a whole month to figure out how to do it. So, but it's out there now. I you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna promote myself here, so uh, you guys can turn off your podcast now if you want. But my Patreon over at Micro Adventure or my Micro adventures over at Patreon, I'm trying to get to 100 guys. I'm at like 80 or 81 right now I think I'd like to try to get to 100 patrons before the end of the year so I'm gonna bug everybody that's listening to this to go over there check it out I do you know the small adventures and NPC cards and locations Uh, I kind of switch back and forth from swords and wizardry continual light or BX Essentials. I guess I've been leaning towards BX Essentials lately because that's the campaign system I'm using. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can go over there if you like what you see. You can toss in a buck, and you know, trust me, I appreciate that. I call that my foundation because those dollar patrons are very, very important. And but if you want some physical copies of stuff, I have a, a tier of two fifty and a tier at five. And hey, if you want an original map from me, and these are the real maps that I, I draw, and I even frame them up for you, it's a $10 thing. It's a, I call it the Keeper of Maps, or Map Keeper. It's a $10 thing, and you'll get a, a map from me every month. And And I always accompany that map with the adventure that it's associated with too, so that way you can kind of see it in action, and then you actually have a Artifact from the manor and whatnot. so but yeah if if anybody's interested go on over I mean it's it's fun. I I really like patreon and I've been doing it for a little bit over I think I think it's been over four years or it's coming four years now I forgot Something like that. I'm either going on my fifth year or I'm going on my fourth year for some reason I think I'm going on my fifth Uh, But it's been I think it's been for me it's been successful and helpful and a real big motivator to help me produce content and uh, those of you might be interested go check it out again patreon microadventures or tim shorts you'll find me find one of those pledge, pledge levels and push the little button and you're good to go so I hope some of you guys will come on over and join me so we'll talk to you guys soon roll better than me and take care